Do you know what I just realized we didn't do for this podcast? Uh, hmm. We didn't introduce ourselves or anything like that. <laughs> you don't need to know who I am. Okay, hi, I'm Flog. I'm loud. Cool, I'm <laughs> Circeanic. I'm probably pretty quiet right now, actually. You're going to be listening to this later. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like... And when you're going through to edit, you're going to be like, fuck, <laughs> why, do, why are we like this? <laughs> I have my notes on Wendigos. I don't have any notes on Wendigos. I could teach you. Ooh, yeah, teach me. Do you want to get learnt? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you trying to push get learnt? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even like it. <laughs> it's just because it's my idea that I'm like, well, I own it now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I learnt, learnt me up, girl. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. on the Wikipedia page right now for, for when Cheater! Oh, is that cheating? Should I just not look anything? Look at anything and just like, I don't know. Would that be considered spoilers? What, what words? I, would that I, be spoiler? If you don't want me to, I will just let you learn to me. Yeah, let's just learn you. Okay, so I'm, I'm so I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So when I say Wendigo, what do you think of? Well, I kind of already know what a Wendigo is. Well, that's okay, actually, that's that not you true. Think you know it. True. I, I I know what a video game has told me a Wendigo is. Okay, of, and I know because, what game that is. Yes. It's a great game. Um, but no one else does. Oh, it's Until Dawn. <clears throat> there you go. <laughs> um, that video game told me that a Wendigo is like a person who has had to resort to cannibalism. And it's like corrupted their soul. And so they turn into this creature that... I don't know if they're like... They like are are evil or like hostile against like trespassers. Is that what it's supposed to be like? Anyone who just like kind of goes near where they are, they are like mm -hmm. considered. That seems to be the case for until dawn. Yes, yes, that yeah. is basically. I I did look it up at one point, but I have completely lost that information from my brain. So I, this is what I know about Wendigos. Yeah. Okay. So did you know? That there's Wendigos in Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. I did not know that. So in Pet Cemetery, if you remember how it goes, there's like this land, right? Where if you bury the dead bodies there, they'll reanimate and come back to life. Mm -hmm. In the book, the, the being or the creature, the like scary creatures that reanimate the bodies... Um, are Wendigos. Ah! And so, like, in the... If you've seen the new adaption of it, the newest adaption, um, in there, you'll hear, like, those screams in the background or weird sounds in the background whenever they go to, like... I don't know what... It, the dead zone? I don't know what it's called. Those are the Wendigos or, like, Stephen King's adaption of Wendigos for that novel. In that book, it goes a little bit deeper than it would in, like, the movies... In the movies, the only exposure you get are that, like, people come back to life and they're weird. 
Um, <laughs> weird is a word for it. <laughs> yeah, they're a little violently weird. But in the book, the Wendigos are like the ones infecting people's minds. If you remember from the movie, the husband has these weird fever dreams about it and like thinks about it and can't get the idea of bringing back his child's life out of his head Mm -hmm. that would be caused by the wendigo like infecting people's minds to be more susceptible so that they would resurrect stuff interesting the resurrected people would hypothetically become hosts for the wendigos oh i see they're weird okay so they're coming back as wendigos so so it isn't necessarily that these people are coming back to life it's just that these bodies are being inhabited by these spirits essentially yeah 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 so creepy okay super cool and the reason why i bring up the stephen king version is because i feel like that starts to tie in to actual wendigo lore Mm -hmm. uh in real life a wendigo in media nowadays our culture is usually like seen as humanoid creature usually hunched over but like still has a very like human form kind of like the forest if you've ever seen it uh i have or not played that... it uh that's okay it's a video game about cannibals they all look like they're human but they like will run around on all fours oh stuff creepy like that. oh creepy 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 that's what wendigos typically are portrayed as humanistic bodies that are very very scrawny very skinny you can see like hip and and bones and so that's kind of similar to until dawn then and that's because in their history they're often closely associated with really really cold uh freezing conditions and they come from famine starvate and starvation and that's how they're portrayed there's been like real life reportings of cannibalism including places like Minnesota. <laughs> Hunters and campers in like the upper like regions oh, say yeah. that they've seen like, Wendigos and shit. <laughs> Cuz Minnesota gets a fuck ton of snow. Wendigos came from a few different regions. Like there's different areas of the world that have come up with Wendigos, which kind of builds into like maybe it's true, maybe they're real mm-hmm. because it's from all over. In Algonquin folklore, Wendigo is like a man-eating spirit or like demonic entity that lives in the northern forests of the Atlantic coast and the Great Lakes region of both the U.S. and Canada. Canada's got Wendigos. (laughs) So they're local. They're local, yeah. Do you think the Canadian Wendigos have like different tastes than the U.S. Wendigos? (laughs) Do you think the U.S. Wendigos are are fatter? Like pull all the different Wendigos and and see what their tastes yeah. are like. Maybe um Canadian Wendigos only eat American tourists. Well, I'm thinking like the Canadian ones. You know, when they kill someone, that they like tap into a tree for sap and then like put the sap on the body before they eat it. Ooh, or maybe that's how they like store them. They wrap them in in maple cr- crystallized maple syrup. <laughs> And then when they're ready to eat, they just chip it away, you know? Like weird spiders? <laughs> I don't know. That just came to my brain, so I said it. So Wendigos are a part, like, traditionally, they're a part of the belief system of Algonquin people. Namely, oh, I'm going to butcher these. Namely, the Ojibwa, Ojibwa, Cree, and Innu. 
Yep, nailed it. Okay, so uh, (laughs) while some of the descriptions between them vary, the themes between all three people that, you know, come up with these traditions are that they're cannibalistic, supernatural creatures associated with, like, winter and freezing, famine, starvation, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But in Eastern lore... Wendigos are described much larger than human beings, and whenever a Wendigo ate another human person, it would always grow in proportion to the meal size that it had eaten, so it could never be full. Therefore, it would always be in starvation mode and always be, like, greedy for food. If it ate, like, a 150-pound dude, it would grow another, like, 50 50 150 <laughs> pound dude <laughs> it would grow in that size it would have to like go find another meal and then go find another one and go find another one right because it just it keeps keep growing. growing yeah i'm assuming that it the meals are all people though yeah yeah they're not like vegan what about vegan wendigos <laughs> i don't think that would be possible what would they eat it totally it's the only diet that's possibly vegan because if you get your 200 IQ Wendigo to stroll up, entice some humans, and it find or like humans that are maybe just done with their life, those humans can consent to them eating. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, technically, and veganism is about consent. Animals can't consent, and so like you're eating their stuff without their consent, but humans consent. So like if we're on like a hiking trip. And we're just not going to make it. And only one of us can survive. Or, like, you need to cut off part of my body and eat it or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Then, like, I can, like, consent you to eat my forearm. Yeah. And that forearm meat would then be consensual meat, which would then be vegan meat. <laughs> so then there's been, like, other traditions where humans that have become, like, overpowered with greed wanting things needing things like really aggressively getting greedy would turn into wendigos in addition to eating human meat in cannibalistic or like in high stress situations so let's say you climb a mountain right like we were talking about earlier except for this meat's not vegan uh we're climbing and we don't know that we're gonna make it we don't know what we're gonna do the the person would get like greedy with wanting to live and they would attack that other person and eat that meat out of like greed and fear and stress Mm. and that person would become a wendigo whereas maybe if it was consensual vegan meat yes then you might not turn into a wendigo one more lore and then i can go into like some stories Ooh, okay yeah i got stories for you beach uh so the last lore is that there's a ceremonial dance performed called something really long that i can't pronounce but it's like <laughs> windy gukazi moen okay something like that and it's performed in times of famine uh usually they wear like masks and dance backwards around a drum and uh it's supposed to like basically ward off like famine ward off wendigos like stuff like that uh, and the last known ceremony conducted was in the U.S. at Lake Windigo in northern Minnesota. Wait, does it does it say what year they did it? Like, was it recently that they did this or was it like? Oh, I don't know. We'll have to find out. I would love to talk to like, there has to be a professional Wendigo knower. Like, I'm sure that's not their job title, but someone that like 
studies Wendigos and stuff. Someone affiliated with the History Channel might know. Okay. So. Story time. I'm ready. I got my blanket. This is going to be weird. I'm going to read a very long section of something to you. Okay. So this is an excerpt from the Jesuit Relations, which is Chronicles of the Jesuit Missions in New France. And it's written... Uh, by missionaries reporting to Quebec or Montreal uh, as a as an account of their activities between 1632 and 1673. It's supposed to be like real, like something real that happened, okay. like a real story. Ooh, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. So this one is based in 1661. They are afflicted with neither lunacy, hypochondria, nor frenzy but have the combination of all these species of diseases, which affects their imaginations and causes them a more than canine hunger. This makes them so ravenous for human flesh that they pounce upon women, children, and even upon men, like veritable werewolves, and devour voraciously, without being able to appease or glut their appetite, ever seeking fresh prey. The more greedily, the more they eat." This ailment attacked our deputies, and, as death is the sole remedy among those simple people for checking such such acts of murder, they were slain in order to stay the course of their madness. So that's the end of that excerpt. Damn. So basically, people just started to ravenously eat their deputies and, like, did it like they were ravenous dogs, basically jumping on them fucking ate them holy fuck and so obviously they killed them and it sounds like they also killed anyone that was like bitten by one damn that almost kind of sounds a little zombie like then too yeah right so then during the winter of 1878 so this is a couple like hundred years later the other one was 1661 this is 1876 okay a trapper from alberta Ooh. Canada represent <laughs> named Swift Runner and his family were starving to the point that his oldest son died. They were 25 miles away from like emergency food supplies. So Swift Run- Runner became overwhelmed with the need to eat and butchered his wife and his five remaining children. He killed them all and then ate them all. Jesus. And then because he resorted to cannibalism, And because he consumed everybody that was present, it said that it wasn't just pure cannibalism as a last resort and that he probably got this disease or disorder that was called Wendigo psychosis. So he later confessed that the Wendigo psychosis and was executed at Fort Saskatchewan. Damn, son. Yeah. I mean, he had there was Wendigo in the title of whatever it was that he had, which basically makes him a Wendigo. Yeah. Uh, Another hand, another well-known case involving Wendigo psychosis is from a medicine man, in quotations, Jack Fiddler, who was known for powers of defeating Wendigos. So in some cases, he would, like, slaughter individuals who who had Wendigo psychosis or who had been, like, confirmed to have Wendigo psychosis. Mm -hmm. And he ended up killing about 14 people. According to him, all of the victims had either transformed into a Wendigo, so I guess changed the way they looked, Mm -hmm. or were on the verge of doing so. I mean, there isn't really any way to know. It's not like he was handing them off to someone who was, like, studying their physiology or something. Instead, he killed 14 people, and we don't know. We don't know. If he was, or if he was just a serial killer that just used Wendigo 
like psychosis as an out for it. Mm-hmm. In 1907, so getting closer to us, him and his brother Joseph were arrested by Canadian authorities for homicide for those killings. Damn. Okay. So they eventually did get like... Get caught out for yeah. it. And Jack himself... Uh, who did those murders, committed suicide. His brother was tried and sentenced to life in prison. That seems like a logical conclusion to that story then. But there's slightly more. Oh, shit. Oh. Just slightly. His brother was ultimately uh, granted a pardon, but died three days later in jail before actually receiving news of his pardon. Damn, son, that's pretty ominous. Damn. Some kind of Wendigo spirits coming back and taking their revenge, obviously. Yeah, right? So I have one more story for you. Okay. This one goes back a little bit further. Uh, So this one is uh, 1871, a few years before um, Swift Runner. It's an excerpt from the personal scrapbook of Reverend Egerton R. Young, and he was a Methodist uh, minister in in 1871. Another dreadful event has occurred about 100 miles from us. A boy, about 15 years old, went crazy and in his ravings kept asking for flesh to eat. At last he said, I will surely kill somebody and eat them if I can. One day he attacked his father and tried to bite him. The father and eldest brother of the crazy one then deliberately strangled him and burnt his body to ashes. They have a superstitious belief that unless the body of a crazy person is consumed by fire... It comes to life again, and ever after, a great source of trouble and affliction to its friends. Damn. It seems like that boy was, like, maybe getting this affliction, the Wendigo psychosis, and started to crave and, like, really need human skin and human flesh mm-hmm. to consume. It seems like in that area, the superstitious belief is that when you do kill somebody, that has that that you have to burn them so that they actually die yeah that's i feel like that was what was the same in until dawn too Mm -hmm. because that guy had like a flamethrower yeah and his shotgun only like stunned them it didn't actually like i i never actually finished playing that game myself i just watched like a bunch of people (gasps) i can't believe you've done this because i hate quick time events like they stress me out So it kind of brings in a question whether or not Wendigo psychosis is real Mm -hmm. and whether or not Wendigo psychosis is what causes this. Like if this whole Wendigo monster is real because of any monsters that are out there, this could be one that's the most accurate or the most true, the most possible Mm -hmm. because it could just be a mental disorder. I have no idea what disease it could be. I've been kind of like thinking about no medical knowledge, but yeah, something like that, right? Where you're just like like, human rabies, right? Like look at animals that get rabies. Because I know that there are some diseases you can get specifically from eating certain parts of a human body. Like I don't think it's there. There's one that you can get specifically from eating the brain, but I'm pretty sure that makes you like kind of paralyzed or something like that. So I don't know if that's what this is, but could be something also like that where it starts from cannibalism and so that's kind of how it all kind of begins yeah well there's actually some research on wendigo psychosis oh 
okay, hit me with so that research. Beach, don't worry, I got you some research. <laughs> the the thing that could be causing all of this, the thing that could be causing like this like ravenous, insane like lust for human flesh, basically, mm-hmm. could be this Wendigo psychosis. Technically defined, it has a definition as a mental illness that defines the sometimes uncontrollable craving to eat human flesh even when other food is available. So it's kind of like if poutine was in my house, but I had a whole fridge full of chicken and and veggies and like good other food or other food options that are good for me or or even just other food options, but Mm -hmm. I would like rather get in my car and go out of my way to go get poutine. Because mm-hmm. I want it that fucking bad. Because be you're like that, but with human flesh. You're a poutine wendigo. I'm a poutine wendigo. That's what I'm trying yes. to say. It's tough, but I think I'm just going to have to own that narrative and add it to my Twitter bio. Yeah. <laughs> so wendigo psychosis is real. Yep. At least it seems to be like real. And there's actual diagnoses. Diagnosi? Diagnosis? Diagnosis. Diagnosis? I was about to say diagnostics, but that's definitely not right. I, don't think. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely don't think any of the ones I said were. Uh, okay, so the frequency of Wendigo psychosis cases, because there are actual cases, have actually decreased significantly in the 20th century as the Algonquin people came into more contact with European I- uh, ideologies mm-hmm. and a more sedentary and like less rural lifestyle. Okay. I wonder if that, like, it didn't necessarily stop being diagnosed in its actual form, but the name just changed to something more, like, something that was in the the British vernacular, you know? Yeah. So, like, it it still technically existed, but it just started being diagnosed as something different. Like, I wonder if that's maybe what it was, too. Or maybe it's, like, in that process, even, where Wendigo psychosis is actually just, like... A form of another mental disorder. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, like, give any mental disorders so that, like, people that actually have them, like, aren't being accused of also being cannibals. But... <laughs> Wendigos? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and that's the other thing is it could be a mixture of so many things. Like, we have stories and we have records of uh, what people have written about certain events that have happened. But, you know, those could be... Who knows what details could have been like changed or skewed not necessarily on purpose but just through the act of writing them down or remembering them right like yeah so and and just someone writing it down could be remembering it as a certain way just because of their own biases and because of their own beliefs about what's actually going on and happening right so yeah it's it's so interesting to to I don't I'm always just so curious, like, I wish I had a time machine so I could go back in time and just actually observe what was happening in that moment. So Wendigo psychosis was treated by, like, village shamans, which, like, the treatment was typically isolation and force-feeding fats and basically, like, imprison them, right? Isolate them Mm -hmm. to try and, like, satiate their, like, crazy hunger, but also to try and make them throw up, to try and induce vomiting to expel the Wendigo's heart of ice, in quotations, which had to be melted. So their assumption was almost that it was like a curse of some kind where they had to like force feed fats, make that person like throw up. They would throw up whatever was causing the Wendigoism and then like it would melt. I'm trying to imagine if they were 
expecting this person to vomit up an actual chunk of ice and then they would just like i don't know throw it in the oven or something to melt it (laughs) just microwave it (laughs) yeah microwave it (laughs) well i don't know what year this is but (laughs) i I think it was quite a while ago as you may have expected it did not have a high rate of success But in a study of about 70 cases, none of them were ostracized completely. Yeah. (laughs) And then of the rest of the people, one committed suicide, two were eaten (laughs) and killed (laughs) by other people in that same study. (laughs) And 15, they just... I don't know. They don't know what happened with those 15. That seems that seems pretty sus. That seems And like... only 10 recovered. So those 10 people signed um, NDAs basically saying, I won't tell anyone what happened to those 15 people that you experimented on. Conspiracy! <laughs> conspiracy is a conspiracy. The other 33 people that should be left if numbers are correct, please don't count it because I know they're not right. Of the other 33, they were killed, some of which... Uh, consented to their own death rather than living out the remainder of their days as a Wendigo. So the other people in the study, aside from the ones that I mentioned, they were just straight up killed at the end of the study. They were like, nah, kill me now because I might turn into a Wendigo. Yes. Before they even really knew if they were going to turn into. Like, I would at least wait. I'd be like, no, wait until I start to go a little bit you know, just to confirm that I'm going to turn into this Well, and they wouldn't even do the isolation and, like, force feeding of fats. They just would basically, like, study them and then kill them is what they usually did. So treatment was not usually attempted. Death was usually the first method of employment. Fuck, man. And a lot of the people that were put on the trial, a vast majority of them who were treated in that method while they were overwhelmed with the idea and the thought of eating human flesh had not actually engaged in cannibalism. So none of them had actually eaten people yet. So they hadn't actually done any crimes or anything. They just had They just thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. And in the end, they were all like killed for it. That's very like Minority Report. Is that that movie with... uh... Tom Cruise, yeah. where they like predict that people are going to commit crimes, even though they don't actually know if people are going to commit crimes. When they took a closer look at Wendigo psychosis, it showed that people who were diagnosed generally suffered from all different kinds of mental illnesses and that the the diagnosis of Wendigo psychosis was kind of like a catch-all for any medical or mental issue. So, like, they could have a bunch of different mental disorders or, like, a really severe mental disorder, but they didn't have anything to call it. Right. So, they called it Wendigo psychosis, but then the only treatment for that was force feeding you until you threw up to hope that you would get over it or kill you. Yeah, because to them, any type of what they would see as craziness is, oh, that it's a Wendigo spirit, so we may as well just... Yeah. fucked, man. Well, and then any time that cannibalism fit with a crime, people always assumed that it was due to Wendigo psychosis rather than it being due to like just the overall crime. Maybe the person like didn't even want to eat that person or maybe it was an animal and they just said a person ate them. Like, yeah, any time that there was any kind of eaten body, basically, they were like, ah, Wendigo psychosis. Yeah. An example of this, I have another story. There was a missionary named J.E. Sindon. 
I don't know how to say that, traveling around in the 1900s. So more recent and, you know, like (laughs) the grand scheme of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He encountered a woman who supposedly possessed the Wendigo psychosis, but it was rational and had no desire to eat human flesh and only wanted to kill strangers because she was scared that they would hurt her. She surrounded herself with close family and avoided strangers to avoid the temptation to kill them. She was just assumed to have Wendigo psychosis because she wanted to kill strangers. And so she was treating that diagnostic by surrounding herself with loved ones and never really allowing the opportunity to meet a stranger just in case. Even though she didn't have that craving for cannibal or for flesh, they still, because she had the craving to kill people, they diagnosed her with it. Yeah, so she obviously just had some kind of, I don't know if psychotic is the right word for that. More like agoraphobic, like... Well, and if she had some kind of urge to harm people, right, obviously, right? Unless Mm -hmm. she had some connection with them. Yeah, so that's an example of when it was not Wendigo psychosis, right? Or There's pretty clear-cut signs here that she has known mental ailments that could be treated, but they didn't have a name for it or a diagnostic for it, and Mm -hmm. so they just... It was one of those that got marked as Wendigo psychosis. Well, hopefully she didn't end up killing anyone or didn't yeah. end up getting killed Well, herself. it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like she was like treating it in that way. And, yeah. And I don't think there's been any reports of her actually killing anyone. So I think she treated it well. Cuckoo. Yeah. So control, get it, girl. Shit. Control your Wendigo urges. Bitch. <laughs> The last kind of thing that I have is just Wendigos in modern media. So this is like Wendigos as we've seen them in culture. Mm There's a 1910s short story called The Wendigo by Algernon Blackwood. It was also in some horror fictions such as Stephen King's Pet Cemetery Mm -hmm. and uh, August Darleth's The Thing That Walked in the Wind and Ithaqua, whatever that is. I don't know it. The Marvel comics also had a Wendigo, which was a result of like a curse that afflicted those who committed acts of cannibalism in parts of Canada (laughs) (laughs) and appears in the The Incredible Hulk number 162 fighting the Hulk and Wolverine in his first comic book appearance. So it's like a, a, it is like a pop culture thing now too then. I mean, obviously because of it's in video games and shit like that, but... It was also in TV shows such as Teen Wolf, Supernatural, Blood Ties, Charmed, and Grimm. But in Supernatural, the Wendigo was handled kind of differently. They had like a hibernation stage and were once human but became a monster. And it would go into like feeding frenzies and then stop to hibernate. Um, and then it's also been in video games. It was in in Until Dawn, like Mm -hmm. you saw. And Until Dawn seems to have done it like the most iconic way that we mm-hmm. know wendigos it was also in the legend of dragoon the secret world fallout 76 and apparently a bit in the warcraft series and it's also in D. so that's wendigos yeah that's it thank you thank you thank you teacher you're welcome kohai my senpai thank you for thank you for oh, thank senpai. you thank you for learning me i don't that's not a get learned i got wendigos learned. wendigos I regret. It's hard. I, right? re- I regret saying that. I, I every time I say learnt, I have regrets. And right? then I keep saying it. Me too. But like, because I don't know what else to say, so I'm just like, mm, get learned, get knowledge, eat that fucking knowledge flesh Wendigo. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. 
not high enough for this. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Don't you love a man that's okay with human sacrifice? Thanks for listening to the first episode of Kryptonics. Uh, the music in this episode was made by Kevin McLeod. The song is called Lightless Dawn, and you can find more of his music at the website incompetech.com, I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Uh, I want to thank our producer, Piano, for sending me some super great editing notes, uh, like a year ago when we first recorded this episode, or close to that, and also our uh, Discord producers. I've listed all of your names in the video description if you're watching on YouTube or in the podcast notes if you're listening to the audio. And I think that's everything. Thanks very much.